I'm John Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Indeed. Welcome to the comedian next door's kitchen table, which is actually a dining room table. Haven't we covered that before? Probably, but I'm stalling because I'm trying to get my thing that I'm going to talk about, or I'm going to try to talk about if you don't undercut me. You're talking without your brain again, like last episode. Welcome, Carl. I wanted to go on record that I, w- I am trying very hard to make our dining room table part of the kitchen, because I would love to blow that wall out right there and have Behind an me. open concept kitchen and dining I would like to go on record as saying that I have done basically everything that there is to do today to make this podcast go off. I've been... I've fixed Colin's technical difficulties. I made my own cup of coffee that turned out to not be coffee. And then I set, and then I set up the Our podcast lights are flickering. thing. The lights are going on. Yes, you set up the podcast recorder. I am the guy. I okay. didn't know that Colin's technical difficulties with his video game needed to be sorted out before we could podcast. Because now what's going to happen is every... Now and again, you're going to hear an outburst, cheers of either jubilation or grief from right behind us where Colin's playing a video game. I have game. mail. Oh, a tiny little piece of mail. Okay, that we can do first, and say then no we can more. get into the other thing. Um, say no more. Uh, have I done this one? Jamil, Jamil is here. Uh, this is my favorite piece <laughs> of mail that we've received so far. Oh, good, John. You are underrated. Yeah. <gasps> Clever, clean, and super creative comedy. I'm applauding you. Well done again, sir. Should I have an applause button or no? Yeah, why don't you get the applause up? (laughs) Last time you weren't too positive about my applause button. Well, it was not appropriate. I was a little bit offended. All right, let me read that again. I'm applauding you. (laughs) Turn it up. Well done again, sir. (laughs) Oh, my applause isn't long enough. It just cut out. (laughs) <laughs> our our pre-recorded applause is not as you know effusive what, as our email. You know what my husband said? He had the nerve to say to me yesterday. No. Listen, those those sound effects, it's it's doing too much. It's not it's not great. It needs to die. It's relics of a bygone era. That's really? what he said. Is that what he said? That's what he said. And I told him, I'm just gonna do it harder. <laughs> he said, You're a relic of a bygone era. I'll relic you. <laughs> I'll relic you, <laughs> Mr. Podcast Ninja. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's the only email that I uh, that I have this week. You should only read those all the time from now on. I should, but as you know, my tendency is to shy away from compliments and ignore them, and I don't want to do that. So. I actually asked our comedy clique specifically for reviews just yesterday. I saw that. In the Telegram group, if you want to join our soup. For a secret Telegram group, you have to go to johnbrandon.com and join mm-hmm. the click. And I asked the clickers, so if you were going to try to invite somebody else to the group and tell them why they should join, what would you say? And I got a bunch of responses. And they were positive. We have a lot of fun in the click. We have a lot of fun in the Telegram group. And we you never know what we're going to talk about. It's all sorts of yeah, it's pretty much anything things. people have on their minds. Sometimes uh, this it's week- jokes. Sometimes it's the thing that, that you see the thing that Nate 
or Nathan posted about the Thanksgiving dinner. What you what you bring to Thanksgiving dinner if you never want to be asked to to no, bring anything I didn't again? Even see that. It's in there. No, I know that I've been that Chance and I have been getting on Dakota's case for no reason at all because he had some email issues a couple of weeks ago, and so now whenever anyone has any email issues, I'm going to propose we blame them on Dakota. So, oh, that's didn't, good. You didn't see that happen. It's good. Either. Everybody has a role in the click. <laughs> Everybody has a function. So Nathan posted this picture of, it, and it, the caption was something like, "A a turkey." Some crab legs and a oh, sausage. I did see that. Yeah, I did and you'll see that. never be asked to bring Thanksgiving or never be asked to prepare dinner again or something like that. And they had taken the turkey and put the crab legs coming out of it and the sausage behind it, and it looks like all of it was like batter dipped and fried or something. Yeah, but it was. It looked like the face crab from Alien. Yep. It looked like the thing that hugs people's faces. Yep, I saw that. And it was fried, and uh, yeah, it was pretty and terrifying. Funny. Yeah, it was. It was horrific. So you're but, missing out on this stuff is what we're saying if right. you're not part of the clique. Right, because we can't relay all of it Right. that, that happens. Um, okay, so we need to do uh, good grief. Oh, you have a different week. thing for good yeah, grief? Yeah, I have a good grief this week. Okay. And oh, you, you already kind of know what it is. Um, good. Okay, so Dad put his hands on the recorder, and I have no idea if it cut off in the middle of that sound it effect. It went, good. <laughs> Good. Okay, we're uh, okay. I shouldn't touch the. I shouldn't midi with the with the gizmo, should I? I no. should keep my hands to myself. You definitely shouldn't. Okay. Good grief. All right. This is a segment where we take a painful experience and we show you where the humor lies. And this actually is something that happened to the peaches. Actually, it happened not to the peaches, but it was relayed to the peaches. It was a story told to me. And she she told me actually just a few hours ago. And I thought this this is a perfect example of comedy and tragedy coming together at the same time. Yeah. So tragedy, comedy and suffering. So speak into your chewed microphone. We were (laughs) we. The podcast thing stays at the Peach's house, and we, so all the equipment is here, and I've been noticing that the microphone covers have got little, what looks like bites taken out of them. It looks like, like little, bites taken out of them because it is, in fact, because it little is bites, bites taken, taken out, of them. out of them. Yeah, and we're trying to, by the shape of the, of <laughs> the, the, of the, yeah, of the <laughs> bite, we're trying to figure out who, we're trying to match up the mouth to the... I don't, mark I don't want to throw any shade or make accusations that are unfounded, but my guess is it's one of the one-year-olds. It's one, one year of olds. Megan's kids. Well, it could be Megan's youngest or Tabby's current youngest, both mm. of whom are you one. You think it's the girls? No, Simon is one, Tabby's uh, current youngest. Or Megan's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If it's not confusing enough to try to help Carl understand our family. <laughs> okay, tell your story. The patriarch doesn't know tell who's your story. who. I'm going to be the subject of good grief uh, because I'm losing my mind and still. Yeah, so the background is that we were up at the lake on Luke's side of the family. Luke's grandparents currently own lakefront property, but they're very elderly. And um, his grandfather had a stroke not real long ago, a couple mm. of years ago. And his grandmother has Alzheimer's. Mm. And it's advancing fairly quickly. So um, so his mom, Luke's mom, my mother-in-law, is set to inherit the property 
after they're gone. But in the meantime, she does a lot of work to take care of them. They have a nurse that comes and takes care of them during the day. And then during the week, during, yeah. All day during the day, the weekdays. And then on the weekends, uh, yeah. Luke's mother goes up, right. bubble tea. Occasionally, bubble tea switches off with her uh, brother. Right. But there's only two kids. But the kids share the responsibility of watching over mom and dad on the weekend. Right. 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 So sometimes we go up to the lake on the weekend when Teresa's already As there. As you did this week. And um, so Teresa takes care of, of grandma and grandpa. So I, the reason that we were even talking about grandma's Alzheimer's was because grandma had been really angry with grandpa just a few minutes earlier when she came down the stairs and was like, I don't know where Jerry went. I'm so mad that he told me we were going to go on a ride on the golf cart and then he left. Well, Grandma had forgotten that they had gone on a ride on the golf cart. Just minutes like earlier. 20 minutes earlier. Right. They had just come back. And then Grandpa went back out again without her. But in her mind, he told her they were going to go and right. didn't. And then, he, and then he reneged on his So I was explaining promise. to Teresa why Grandma was upset. I was like, she, she feels like she got left behind. She doesn't remember that she went. And so Grandma, or uh, sorry, Teresa says to me, well, that reminds me of a story from last week. Um, and so Teresa's the one who told me this story. Apparently... Um, after grandpa had fallen a couple weeks ago, he went to the hospital and he spent a couple nights in the hospital. Right. So Teresa was taking grandma to go visit him and she would just sit in the room with him. And so Teresa would go to the store or she would get some other things done and pick up grandma later. So after one such visit, Teresa goes to pick up grandma and um, grandpa gives her a hug and a kiss goodbye. Right. And now uh, Teresa <laughs> is taking grandma and they're leaving the hospital, right. leaving grandpa behind. And so grandpa gave grandma a hug and kiss. Right. right, right. And then they go home. And according to Teresa, grandma was out of sorts for the next couple of hours. Something was bothering her, but something bothers her because she's got Alzheimer's. Right. And so she's out of sorts sometimes. And she then gets she's upset. euphoric sometimes. She's worried like that the dog isn't eating enough. So then Teresa has to be careful that the dog doesn't get overfed. So right. she has to hide the dog food because grandma will feed the dog. Grandma will feed the dog until it bursts. Right, right. Right. Or she'll get worried that like something wasn't cleaned, you know, and, and then she'll leave cleaner out or whatever. Right. So she gets worried about stuff. So she was out of sorts. So she was upset about something and Teresa fixes dinner and they sit down to eat dinner several hours later. Mm -hmm. And grandma says, Teresa, there's something that I think I need to say, but I don't know if I should. <laughs> I don't know if I should. I don't <laughs> I feel burdened to confess something, yeah. but I'm not sure that and I Teresa's should. And Teresa's like, oh boy. Here we go. Okay, what is it, Mom? And Grandma <laughs> says, well, at the hospital, a man kissed me goodbye, and I don't know if I should tell Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really, I didn't tell you this, Dad, but Teresa deduced that the reason she was so conflicted is because she kind of liked it. Like, she felt... <laughs> well, sure. Jerry's a good kisser. <laughs> she felt really upset because she was sure. like... Just because just because Grandpa's old doesn't mean <laughs> that he's lost his magic. Oh, the and I... The dude can still kiss. I didn't tell you this part either. Well, why don't you go ahead and, and say what you wanted to say about tragedy? Okay, well, what's... The, the the thing that we talk about all the time here, Carl, is how comedy and suffering, comedy and tragedy, comedy, laughter and pain are inextricably, they are, they are fused together by God. Um, you need one without the other. Right. And it's, it's counterintuitive and you will get into trouble. I usually get into trouble the first time I suggest to somebody that there's pain at the root of all laughter. 
they go, oh, that can't be, that's not right. But right. it totally is. There's, if there's laughter, then somebody is hurting somewhere. Right. There's a, there's a butt to every uh, punchline. There's a butt to every joke. Right. And so what we have here is, is a perfect representation of that. We have grandma and grandpa whom we love. They're members of the family. And it makes us sad on the one hand to see grandma uh, slipping to see her her Alzheimer's, what it does to Grandpa, uh, right. how it affects the rest of the family. How the, it's it's sad on the one hand, but then on the other hand, you have this fantastic story of a of a woman <laughs> confessing to her daughter that uh, that man kissed me at the hospital. <laughs> her husband of and over I don't 50 know years. if I should tell Jerry. <laughs> right, she, her. Her husband kissed her. She didn't realize it was her husband, <laughs> and she's got feelings about it. And it's so, Grandma, she's always been that way as far as, like, right. agonizing over things, not sure if, if like, decorum or, you know, something something right. etiquette-wise was done wrong. And so she's right. always she, been a she's person who... She's always been troubled by uh, by things not being properly proper. done. right. Etiquette and decorum and right. prop, and so you know, she she knows that she's a married woman and she knows that this well she thinks that this man who kissed her was not her husband right <laughs> and so uh, that's that's comedy right and no matter how you y- you have a decision to make there if you're going to you're going to decide which aspect of that you're going to allow to influence your your emotions, right. how you feel about that. Well, and you don't have to choose. You know, you can actually live in the space where you can hold both to be true. Right, but but just holding both to be true is what causes anxiety for a lot of people because whichever one, and usually it's the laughter. Usually the laughter right. is the one that people will throw out and they'll say, oh, you shouldn't laugh at that. That's sad. And it's right. true that it's sad, but it is also funny. And it's a judgment call if you decide that it's more sad than it is funny. Right. Well, and, and that's why. But the fact that it's hard for people and that they have anxiety when they're asked to do that is why I'm assuring them it's okay to engage with both of those feelings. Mm-hmm. So another another story from that same weekend, because me and Teresa and Luke, my husband, were all sharing stories of funny things that grandma had said or done as a result of her Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And what Luke said while we were there, he overheard grandma lean to where grandpa was sitting on the on his recliner chair and she goes now i don't know if you've got any girls in your life <laughs> he said she said that to luke to, no to her husband to grandpa <laughs> grandma leans over to where grandpa is sitting and says i don't know if you've got any girls in your life but i just want you to know i'm a girl that you could run around with <laughs> Text me and he's like, sweetest thing I've heard all day. My grandma hitting on my grandpa, <laughs> trying to get herself asked out on a date. What you to know? I'll run around with you. I'm a girl who you could run around with. That is sweet. That's <laughs> sweet, but but it's bittersweet. You know, it's sad yeah. in one way. I was like, what did grandpa do? And I and he goes, I think he just kind of nodded at her, like, okay, I'll consider it. <laughs> I'll like, remember that. <laughs> I'll keep that in the back of my mind, Lois, uh, who I've been married to for how long have they been married? Seventy years? No, 60? not well, actually. Yeah, it's gotta be More over sixty. 50. It's gotta be over sixty because because Teresa is in her fifties, so yeah. yeah. It's more than sixty. I don't think it's quite seventy. Not seventy yet. yet. 
but it's, it's more close. than 60 years because they're I've been in their married 80s. for more than 60 years. I will keep it in mind that I could <laughs> run around with you, that I have that as an option. Yeah. 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 <laughs> to my, the wife she's of willing. 60 years. Yeah. She's willing. She's willing to run around with you. Yeah. So there you go. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. And it, those are the things that do create conflict in people's, people's hearts and people's minds. And it's, it's good to acknowledge the feelings that you have. And then it's also good and, and okay to realize that the laughter is there because God put it there. Because God knew that it was going to be sad to watch loved ones go away in one form or another. And so the, the stories like that, those are the stories that get told at funerals. Right. You know, and it, they don't, they, they help people feel less sad. Right. Because, well, we had a story about my grandmother when she was in a nursing home. And she was, uh, we went up to see, you were there. We took you kids oh, up yeah, to see. Oh, yeah, your grandma, yeah. My grandmother. Great-grandma Branion. Your great-grandmother Branion, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was in a nursing home. She lived to be 90 a lot. 90, 90 a lot. 90 a bunch. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was, 96, 97, something like that. And yeah. uh, so she was in a nursing home. And she was pretty lucid most of her life. It was just the last few years that she right. started to not be. But we went up to see her, Carl, and... She was. She knew that we were coming, because we had told her that we were going to come and visit her. But she was. She had slipped to the point where she was not remembering. She's not remembering names. She right. knew. She knew my uncle because he came to visit her often enough. He was her he, son. That he stayed. Yeah. Yeah. But she. Uh, she. She didn't remember uh, her other son. You know, she right. didn't remember my dad. Your. Your grandfather. Right. And so we were up there. And she was, she knew that we were her family. So we, we, the grandkids came in and the great kids, great grandkids came in. And so she was holding court with all of the other occupants of the nursing home. They were right, sitting we were in, in the, the common area. Yeah, we were in the common area. And she was like, she had the biggest grin on her face and, and she was talking loudly and animated. Right. And she said, this is my family. Right. They're come, they come to visit me. This is my family. And right. the other nursing home who residents who are also in various <laughs> states of decline, you right. know, some of their some of them are they're just as happy as she is. Some of them. You know, some of them and some of the rest of them are, are not even sure, you know, that they're that they're on earth right. anymore. And so you've got the whole range <laughs> of that. But uh, so she goes this, this is my family. And then she points at me and she goes, and who are you? And right. I had to introduce myself. And then she goes around and points at each one of them. And who are you? And what's your name? And we got all the way to the end. She goes, that's right. And they're here to see me. And she started all over again. Right. And who are you? She and would was, go around the circle multiple times because she felt like she wanted to make the introductions uh-huh. for everyone else in the room. Right. But also would start the process and realize she couldn't. Because she wasn't sure exactly well, who everybody was. But, she's, but she was thoroughly enjoying the experience. Right. And and she introduced us probably four times. That's that's all we did. We were there for like 45 minutes and we just reintroduced ourselves right. for the whole 45 just minutes. Just let her know who we were. And every time we announced who we were, she was just delighted that we were there. Yeah. It was it like was, being reminded all over again. I, it was like, yeah, it was, it was literally like... Like we had just opened the door and walked in again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and what struck me, even as we were leaving, as we got in the car and left, I had this thought, and I commented to your mother. I said, you know, the, 
just what we're talking about today. I said, you know, on the one hand, it's sad that she, it, it's, but it's sad for us. Right. You know, I'm not sure that she was suffering. You know, I'm not sure that my grandmother was feeling bad. In fact, I'm, my instincts are telling me that she was as happy as she's ever been in her life. Right. Um, blissfully unaware that she was out of it. Right. And so that struck me as, again, as we were driving, I thought about it all the way home. It's like, okay, what, who's right? Are we right for being <laughs> sad or is she right for being absolutely delighted to reintroduce us to the same people right. for 45 minutes? Which one, which perspective is correct? I think you can hold the tension with That's both. That's what of I thought you were going to say. I don't think you have to choose one. That's what I thought you were going to say. So, um, so yeah, I I forgot. Oh, I thought you were when you brought up that those are the types of stories we tell at funerals. I thought you were going to mention that we were looking at at pictures the other day with your mom, Grandma Turbo, and that I told her that I I had already found a picture we were going to use at her funeral. <laughs> I told her to her face. Mm. Here, we're going to use this picture. I don't at your remember funeral. that. Was it? What was it? I don't remember which one it was either. Now, but she uh, was. Oh, like, a picture of her. Yeah. Oh, I know what it was. You were a baby, I think, or she was pregnant with with Uncle David, your brother. Mm. And I was like, look at her hair. It's like perfect beehive, like fifties, sixties oh, yeah. hairdo. I yeah. said, that's really. That's like professional level hairstyling right there. And, yeah. and Grandma's like, ow, ow. <laughs> That's your funeral picture. Right. I said, yeah. we're totally going to put this on the picture board at your funeral. And Absolutely. I knew that would make her go, ah. Check out Grandma's hair. Look at her great hair. Yeah. Yeah, but some would say that's kind of morbid and macabre. And, you know, well. It depends on, it <laughs> depends on what aspect you want to focus on. Right. Who's right here, Carl? Who's right? My, me or my grandmother? Pick now. <laughs> well, you just said that we could hold both of them at the same time. Yeah, but so. now I want Carl to pick between me and my grandma. Don't fall for it. She's trying to trap you, Carl. <laughs> She's trying to, to trap you. Don't answer that question. Oh, my goodness. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Are we done with good grief? I got other stuff I could talk about, but I thought you wanted to to whirl about something. Oh, I don't even have anything. Do you have notes for me? For, for I do. If, in fact, I have something that you can whirl about because you whirled about it a couple of days ago. Oh, good. Would you like me to bring it up? Sure. I don't Are, know if Carl can hear my five-year-old bouncing through. I can, and I'm deaf, and I have headphones on. She has bounced past this recorder probably six times. So next time she does that, I'm going to have to stop real quick and, and tell her. Do you Do you want to play the sound effect for the peaches in a whirl? Of course I do. Peaches in a whirl. Oh, oh, yes. So my dad is showing me this note. I don't remember where I found it now, though. Uh-huh. I was watching a documentary the other day. It was just a snippet of one, and it was recommended to me on YouTube. And it said a village that's completely matriarchal, run by women. Right. It just has women in it. It's all women That's in the village. That's what it said. And that it was the headline. And it piqued your curiosity because you thought, how can that I be? Thought, well, that's only going to last probably 70 <laughs> years and then it's going to die out. This is not a long-term village. <laughs> this can't be a solution. This is not thousands of years old. <laughs> no. No. Turns out I was right. It was established like 20 years ago uh-huh. or something. Um, a village of nothing but women. But I watched, it's a village in Africa somewhere. I do not remember the details. And I don't think I could find the video again without some in-depth searching. But um, Yeah, we're not going to put that much effort in. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it, it's it been, like, it's been highlighted on several news channels. And, like, apparently 
um, Hillary Clinton went and visited with right. the Right, and that's why, that's why it yeah. got any sort of recognition at all, is because some of the feminist... Uh, American icon, leaders. American, yeah. uh, American female uh, feminists are highlighting this as, let me guess, a fantastic thing. A, yeah. a, a real victory for... Uh, women, okay. yeah, they're and encouraging these women and giving like made up rewards awards to the woman who founded the village. Um, apparently, there's a big problem with like spousal abuse, like wife beating and um, genital mutilation and things like that in, in this. a village of all women. No, no, in the, in the greater culture surrounding the village of all women, which prompted these women oh, to see, go. Carl, and, did you notice how the plot just thickened? There's a culture around the village of all women. That, prompted them to leave their husbands and go and, and establish this community of women mm-hmm. um, that is self-sufficient from the perspective that they've got farms and they've got a schoolhouse. But the schoolhouse includes children from neighboring villages. So it's not just their own children. And they do have children of their own who live with them, including, they didn't mention this until probably 12 minutes into the video. Boys. They have boy children. And so they explain that, well, if the boys promise that they're not going to be domineering toward their mothers and sisters, then they can stay until they're adults. But then mm-hmm. they have to find other accommodations when they're grown men. So only, Which is what age, did they say? They didn't say. Um, so they don't just hurl the baby boys out into the right. shrubs when it's they're born. It's not a situation like in ancient Egypt where they just drown them when they're born. Right. Um, there's a lot of countries, not just Egypt, that did stuff like that. Right. So there's, so they kind of cleared that up. But then they said women are still getting pregnant. And that's where I was like... And that's where you went, how could this be? This is interesting. <laughs> Seems to me, biologically speaking, some men were involved here. But or it's a miracle. I'll keep listening to this awesome, totally not biased documentary. <laughs> before I make a judgment on this. Of course, because you're very fair-minded. Yeah, and so according to the narrator, um, women still have boyfriends. They still have trysts. They just meet their boyfriends outside of the village property premises in order to get pregnant. So they they hook up, but not in the village because that would be (laughs) a violation. That would make it not a village of all women. It would it would violate the feminist doctrine, if right? They, so as long as you yeah. don't consummate a relationship within the city limits, right. it still counts as a village of, of all women. All women, and if you don't count the the children, the underage boys, right, at whatever the age is that they become not boys anymore, right? So yeah, you got it. But but the part that just struck me as I'm watching <laughs> this, I didn't watch any further than that. By the way, once I realized they're still That's too bad, it might have gotten really. Might have gotten better. They're still having relationships with men. Mm-hmm. They just do the deed outside of the village proper. That's right. when I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm right. not watching this anymore. Because I already know what a village like that is like. It's precisely exactly like American culture in which women are shacking up with dudes and then raising the children all by themselves. Right. Literally the only difference is that in this African community, they're getting away with calling it a matriarchy and pretending like it's an empowering thing. Whereas in the United States, when a woman has sex and creates a baby and then the man lives far away from where the woman and the new baby live. Then he's a deadbeat He's a deadbeat. And she complains the whole time about having to do life by herself. I I don't want him in my life Except to pay bills and support me, right? And buy diapers and formula. And, and also, hey, I, I want him. I want his child to be. Uh, I, I want his child to be part of his life, right. which is 
which is messed up and twisted. It's like, I hate the guy. I don't want to be around him except for when he's paying for stuff. And I also want his influence on the child. But right. why do you want the influence of a deadbeat, no good, rotten male on your child? That makes no sense. I think they kind of know that the influence of a father on a child is important, but they don't want to admit. But but men are toxic. That that same influence would benefit them too if they weren't equally as rebellious as their children. How can toxicity be beneficial to children? I'm just saying. I do you think that children should drink toilet bowl cleaner too? Do you think that would help them? No, I don't think there's studies showing that children drinking toilet bowl cleaner are more (laughs) likely to stay out of jail and graduate from high school, but. If that were the case. You know why? Yes. You know why? Because no one's ever studied that. <laughs> Perhaps. So it just it just occurred to me that we're celebrating. Hillary Clinton is celebrating this matriarchy. Hillary? Who's Hillary Clinton? Oh, that's right. Go ahead. I remember now. But nobody, nobody believes me. I can't say nobody. Carl, you believe me. I believed you. Listener, neighbor, friend, you believe me. When I say the United <laughs> States is a matriarchy, people are like, oh, uh, what? What? No, no, we're not. Women are oppressed. Women United are States, dominated. Women are living under a patriarchy. Women have no power and no say over their lives. Right. And it's like, no, no. All this village of women had to do was leave their husbands and just declare we are a matriarchy now. They went on go- doing the exact same physical behavior women and, and in the West are doing. And then they snap their fingers and say, men, come over here and make me pregnant. And the men go, okay, <laughs> that's what we wanted anyway. We, we wanted we wanted all of the sex and none of the responsibilities, so right. thank you for giving that to us. Right, but I'm saying all they had to do was declare themselves to be in charge of officially and out loud, and so everyone agrees, yes, that is a matriarchy. So the men get drunk and sleep with them, and then they go shuffle back to their village and snicker and laugh with the, each other right. <laughs> where they're making Can you believe how well we've got it they're making jewelry <laughs> the women are making jewelry to sell they're teaching the children they're doing the farming they have this supposedly self-sustaining <laughs> village of women but they're that physically, raises their children without men right they're physically doing all of the exact same stuff they're working women who are solely responsible for raising the children and they are proud of their accomplishments but the women in the west think that's evidence of living in a patriarchy. Right, and being oppressed. Right. They're, they're, they're cooking and cleaning and raising their children, we, and that is a something to be celebrated. They're even right. making up awards to give to these women. Right. But when American women raise their children and cook and clean, that's because they're oppressed. We need to, literally, Western women, we need to smash the patriarchy. And if you ask them... What would your life look like if we smashed the patriarchy and established a matriarchy? Uh, well, you know, we don't have very many examples of this, but but have you seen this village over here in Africa <laughs> where women raise their children by themselves and they only have the men so for sex? We, have you seen so that? So if we smashed the patriarchy, <laughs> it would look like basically what it looks like now, right. except you would be grateful for it <laughs> instead of being witchy about it. Right. Right? So if we smash the patriarchy, you will be pleasant and happy? Then let's smash the patriarchy. Right. Let's just announce, declare what I've already been declaring for a long time now. We have a matriarchy. The patriarchy has done been smashed. And women are not happier than they were. So really what you're suggesting is that they they're asking to bring the patriarchy back. Uh yeah. But they just don't they know. They don't that. know it. But 
But yeah, I just think the hypocrisy, it's amazing. Shout out to the Patriarchy podcast on the FLF network, by the way. We're not, <laughs> yeah. we're not trying to run down the patriarchy. So if you guys are listening to this, we're not, you know, we're not putting you down. No, they we're embrace the fact that, that they want to establish. And, and Speaking of which, you should make me a sandwich on this podcast. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? If I asked you to make me a sandwich, you would totally do it. Yeah, but you don't really eat much. No, I don't. That's why. <laughs> that's why I didn't ask for a sandwich because I was afraid you would make me one, I've and then I'd feel like lots of bowls of chicken it. pot pie soup. Mm, I have eaten a lot of that <laughs> and chili. Yeah, and... I've eaten a lot of that. I've eaten a lot of your uh, uh, lasagna too. Oh, I don't make lasagna from scratch. What? I don't make lasagna from scratch. I just—it's like a Stouffer's. I thought. I thought you loved your family. <laughs> what are you even talking about? When was the last time you <laughs> ate lasagna here? I don't know, but it was evidently so good that I remembered it. And <laughs> it now it turns impression. out you didn't even make it. <laughs> it was all a lie. <laughs> Gosh, we need to smash the matriarchy. Okay. Get back to some honest patriarchy. That's Patri- all I got on Get that. back to some honest patriarchical. I don't, want, I don't want Carl to feel like we just breezed by that too fast, but I really don't have anything else to say on that subject. We're not just moving on for the sake of moving on. Well, we've got uh, we've got a couple other things that we can talk about, I suppose. I suppose. Your um, phone keeps going off. Can we talk about I that? I know. Do you, you want to know why my phone is going off? Is it the Telegram group? It's not the Telegram group, but it's a guy who's calling me. Oh, okay. To have a conversation. Because there's been some drama on because your Facebook. Because there's been drama. We just wrapped up Pride Month, mm-hmm. and you posted almost every day. Almost every day about Pride Month. Not every day. I, I deviated a little bit. But it was close. Yeah. And some people had some feelings about it. People did have feelings about Pride Month. And what are those feelings that people have about Pride Month? <laughs> Pride? Yeah, <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, that It's actually funny that you would say that, because I would submit that it's not Pride um, no. Insecurity. Yeah, it's insecurity and it's fear and it's yeah. uh, rage. But it's not really pride because, truth be told, I mean, if you look at what they do, there's not a whole lot to be proud of. <laughs> Is there? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, we should be honest because I think that the truth will set us free. And I do think that for too long, Christians have been saying what they think a, a person who's in rebellion wants to hear mm-hmm. rather than what will help them, which is just, hey, which is true. Thanks. Let's let's be honest. What right. you're feeling here is totally understandable as far as not liking rules and not wanting authority and, you know, not wanting people in your business. But also, I think what you're feeling is a little bit of insecurity shame. and shame. And I think that you're um, I think you feel untethered and sort of lost, you know, ungrounded no foundation Mm -hmm. and i think all of that's happening and i i think there are fewer and fewer christians who are able to articulate that for sinners and so it's just making it worse i'm one of those christians who can articulate it and it makes not only the sinners upset but it also upsets a lot of my christian brothers and sisters when i say it yes not and here's the thing i think it's hard Not, not you carl not you carl and i think it's hard to gauge like percentage wise what the split is i think that social media particularly facebook where a lot of these conversations have taken place uh it's clear statistically that they trend liberal they trend progressive they they intentionally remove stuff that is conservative or traditional so. well the other thing that happens is once you get 
once you get established as going one particular way or the other, then the people who disagree with you start to see your posts less and less and less. And right. so your your feed becomes an echo chamber because right. it just doesn't get exposed to people who uh, who disagree with you. Well, yeah. I think to an extent, sometimes they intentionally throw stuff in front of people they know are going to fight with you. It's already happening, though. I mean, we're yeah. already seeing... Fewer we're already and fewer seeing a, a lot more thumbs up than we are seeing people going. Oh Wait yeah. Well, that was what I was going to say. I don't think that there's a lot of Christians who are upset by what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I think it can be hard to gauge like the actual numbers either way because um, because it's kind of a well known phenomenon that people will leave negative reviews before they will leave positive ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, people who agree with you will often either quickly click the thumbs up or not click at all. I mean, they'll read and they'll nod and then they'll move on. Right. And so they it, can don't be, engage at all. it can be kind of lonely when you're speaking out there feeling like it you're the can, only one. But I don't can, think you are the only one. I'm not lonely. I think there are a lot of people who, who appreciated it. In fact, one of your best buddies for a long time was like, man, I can't wait till next June. This has made me look forward to Pride Month for the rest I of eternity. I can't wait for next June. Well, the the thing that I was going to bring up about in regards to Pride is that I have a I have a line that I sometimes use on stage, and uh, the line is, "I'm really getting tired of having to tell everybody that I'm famous." Mm-hmm. And the reason that that's a joke is because if you have to tell people you're famous and you're not famous, and I think the same thing goes for uh, for pride. I think if you have to announce to people that you're proud, then then it's not really pride mm-hmm. that you're that you're feeling. I think yeah. at least in this case, um, I think you're you're overstating it. What we had a most of the conversation about though was the difference between affirmation and love and support. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about uh, the the new rule that you've got for one of your commenters? The new rule that you have for one of my commenters? Well, it's yours now. Yeah. It's on your page and I've been blocked. <laughs> yeah, did we talk about that last time? I don't think we did. I, I don't think remember. we did. It's it's. Should we admit that we can't remember what we talked about on our last podcast? We can admit it and we can also... It, we can remind each other that it doesn't matter if we've said it before, if it's pertinent and relevant to this right. conversation. This, this podcast is not necessarily intended to be, uh, you know, like a fresh, unexplored topic every single week. These are the things that we think about and talk about. And so if we talk about it two weeks in a row, it means we're thinking about it two weeks in a row. Right. It's not like uh, Lost, where you have to watch it serially. It's like right. more like uh, a sitcom where you can pick it up in the middle and not be too far Right. It's not like lost. It's like, and I was trying to think of what it would be like, but I couldn't come up with anything, and it's not really important. Well, at any rate. The moment's gone. We've talked, we have definitely talked before about how to handle people online who are um, trolls. Right. People who are are coming in and pretending to be inquisitive or curious about a conversation, but they're really just trying to make trouble. And I don't know. I don't know if Carl is aware that sometimes people are accidentally trolls. Sometimes they're not even really trying to make trouble, but they're just really bad communicators. I would submit that most people are not intentional yeah, trolls. That was most what I was going to say. Most of them are not say. just going in to stir things up. Most right. of them can't help it. They don't know how to shut up. They don't know how to keep their opinions to themselves, and they right. feel like they have to say something every time right. they see something. That was what I was going to say. If you're picturing somebody who is being 
an obnoxious bully on purpose, when you hear the word troll, you might be missing some of the people that I would classify as trolls. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't really know how to use words, you know, with actual meaning. They just right. use I know words. we talked about rhetoric. Yeah, for sure. We talked about rhetoric. And, and that's basically what we've run into the last couple of days. I, I had an issue on Gab with a person who was who was just by the end telling me I was mentally ill and crazy and I should stay away from children. And yeah, it's like, that crazy lady was whoa. telling you that you're crazy. Right. We had uh, a guy, basically the short version is we had a, a Christian person who, um, who was proud of himself for, quote, affirming uh, gay, gay people. people. And he said that doesn't mean that affirming I... Affirming gay people. But that doesn't mean that I approve of their lifestyle, approve right. of their choices. And he likened it to his children. I affirm my children... As my children, does that that doesn't mean that I approve of all of their behavior, but I affirm them as my kids. Right. And so you said. Right. So I said, okay, do you affirm pedophiles then? Just as human beings. As human beings. Just because Jesus loves them. Made in God's image. They're made in God's image. And that doesn't mean that you condone their behavior. And he goes, straw man. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that game. (laughs) And we're like, uh, we're not really playing a game. Not a game. And besides, you're the one that started this game, pal. It's, it's when, called talking. <laughs> it's called using words to right. make it's, sense. It's called, it's called, we're digging into what you said right. to see if it's valid. Yeah. And the fact that you refuse to answer our clarifying question means that you yourself realize it's not valid. Right. And so now it's not a matter of ignorance. It's not a matter of misspeaking. It's not a matter of forming a bad sentence. Right. Now it's a matter of pride. pride. Right. And pride is not something to be proud of. Another word for ego. Pride is not something to be proud of. That was a strange <laughs> sentence, but if 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 you've got your ego involved and your ego is what's preventing you from getting to the truth, then that's right. a problem. Right. And and people who are interested in truth will admit when they miss that mark sometimes or when they were not clear or when they misspoke or when they need to change something they previously believed mm-hmm. because it turns out they're not actually on the right path to truth right. after all. Right, and it ha- it, it happens to, to everybody. I mean, there have been numbers of times when I have said things that were just flat out dumb. And uh, sometimes I said it because I wasn't, wasn't really thinking about what I said. And sometimes I was just dumb and I, and I said a thing that was dumb. And then I came back after it was pointed out and said, oh yeah, I guess that was inconsistent or hypocritical or idiotic right. or whatever. Or it can lead to this other problem down the road if I take that to its logical conclusion. Right. If I claim X is true, then I'm going to need to take that a little farther and say Y is also true. Right. And I don't want to do that. Right. Um, and so w- what happens when you um, when you become aware of that? I'm not going to find it now, but I'll tell you. I, I, I was having a conversation with another guy on Gab uh, about what I posted today where I was talking about if you're, if, and I know this is politics and you're going to uh, raise up your guard hairs, but I can't help it. If you're basically waiting for the system to save you, if you're waiting for the next guy to get elected because that's going to bring in utopia, then you're worshiping, you've got a bad religion. You're worshiping the wrong God. Right. And this guy basically came in and said, all religion is lousy. Because I said, you have a lousy religion if you're worshiping the government. All religion is lousy. And I responded, 
Um, Does that include your religion? Well, I said, "What?" I, no, actually, I just laughed at him. I said, let me guess, you oh, are a right. non-religious person, am I right? That's and right. And he said, "Depend." He said, define religion, and I'll tell you. <laughs> and it's like, no, you said you all religion word. is lousy. And now, now you're going to ask me to define that term for you? No. Right. And so I said, no. I, I, I said, whatever you meant by religion when you said all religion is lousy. His response, well, let's just say religion. All I can say is religion wasn't nailed to the cross for our sins. Do you agree? And I said, That's a far cry from all religion is lousy. I said, all I can say is you are distancing yourself from your original claim that all religion is lousy. I think it would be more accurate to say some religion is lousy, which was, and then I put in parentheses, which was the, which was uh, implied by my original post. Right. Do you agree? But, but that's what we're talking about. When you come in and say something like all religion is lousy. Okay. If that's really what you believe, if that's the truth, then you have to be able to defend that. You have to be able to stand up when somebody pushes back and defend it. And if you can't defend it, then, and this probably be the hill to die on. If you can't defend (laughs) it, then you have, then you shouldn't have said it in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) I sprung that on her, seeing if she would have the uh, capacity to quickly get to the sound effect, and she did. But yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a claim like all religion is lousy, or you're going to say I affirm gay people as human beings, okay, right. think through it to its logical conclusion, or we will help you think through it. Right. And when we help you think through it, don't get mad at us, don't block us, and don't tell us that we're being hateful and unchristlike. Right. I do not have a problem with people being wrong, contrary to popular belief. I don't either. No. I'm I'm wrong. All the time. I don't. I don't have a problem with people misspeaking or even continuing to disagree or misunderstand what I'm trying to say. If they have a genuine desire to seek the truth, mm-hmm. I mean, if they, if we're just missing each other because of a language barrier or some other thing, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with stubbornness. I have a problem with people who recognize that whatever they had been talking about is a losing argument. And so rather than conceding the loss, they just flip it around and shoot the messenger. That's what I have a problem with. Right. And some of them, I think, along with shooting the messenger, um, pretend like they don't even understand the question or, or pretend that the question is unfair or, the, right. or that you're, it's a straw man. Or you're, just, you're just trying to get a gotcha out of it. And it's right. like, no, we're not trying to get a gotcha. It is a gotcha. <laughs> You've been got. You have been gotten. Your original statement about affirmation right. is wrong. You're, you're not willing to stand by what you said you meant when you said you affirm people. You're the one that's backing away from that. And so if you want to call it a gotcha, I guess it is. Right. But, but it's not because we are mistreating you. Um, and it's not because we're not dealing fairly with you. So. Yep. So, your hill to die on. To reiterate, my hill, my hill to die on is if you make a statement, then you should stand by that statement. And if it turns out that that statement is wrong, admit it. Then you should admit it. And admit it. Every, nobody's going to fight me on that. Nobody no, is. No one's going to. No one's going to say what. Carl's not going to write me an angry email and say, "How dare you hold me accountable for things I say." By the way, did you like my outro last time? I did. I can barely hear the music now. Because it's just now fading in. Oh, okay. It's fading in. I did like the outro last time. Is that a... 
Was it important to you that I like it? I'm asking Carl. Oh. <laughs> Carl, send us an email at next door. I known. <laughs> next door at johnbranion.com. Tell me if you like, you like my, outro. my outro. Yeah, not you, Dad. Bye, Carl. Thanks so much for visiting today, Carl. Join the Comedians family at the Fight Laugh Feast conference this September. More details at flfnetwork.com. We can't wait to meet all our new neighbors. 